Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food, food Super Bowl edition. First, they did a survey of the top Super Bowl snacks in the USA. After all, four out, out of five people will tune in to the big game, and food is a big focal point, right? Mm-hmm. Guess what the number one snack was in the USA for the Super Bowl? Number one snack for the Super Bowl is... I was going to say potato chips, but I think it's uh, going to be the tortilla chips that you dip in guacamole and salsa. I'm Ooh, going tortilla chips. You're good. You're, you're, you're close. Number one was meatballs, followed by guacamole, <laughs> chips, and salsa. Mm-hmm. This one I've never heard and never eaten this during a, ba- a game in my life. Tater tots. Chili Hmm. and buffalo wings. Yeah, wings. I was going to say wings. Second, Taco Bell just unveiled their new ultimate game day box featuring a Mexican pizza, crispy chicken wings, and more. And finally, in the world of food, ever wonder why we eat chicken wings on Super Bowl Sunday? Well, you can thank sports bars. Customers watching three hours of football got hungry for more than pretzels and nuts. And they needed something that was substantial enough to replace a meal, but also easy to share with friends. Ribs were too expensive. Pizza got cold and stale. Enter chicken wings. Chicken wings. That's where it all started. (laughs) Thank you for the history and the evolution of the chicken wing. You're (laughs) welcome. Thought you'd find that fascinating in the world of food. You know that phrase, and a little child shall lead them? Coming up, check out the example these fifth graders are setting for the rest of us. You know that phrase, a little child shall lead them? Well, check out the example these kids are setting for the rest of us. A bunch of fifth graders in Minnesota started a fundraiser to adapt their playground so kids with disabilities can use it too. There's a lot of kids with disabilities at this particular school, and they said recess is all about having fun, and those kids couldn't enjoy it. Betsy uses a wheelchair, and she helped lead the charge. My classroom overlooks the playground, so every day I watch the playground, and I watch those discrepancies. And we could wait for three or four years until our district finds those funds, but for me, the urgency is now. They needed to raise $300,000, which is a lot of money, but they already hit that goal after an anonymous donor donated 200000 of it. Mm. And so now they're trying to raise even more to upgrade other playgrounds at schools nearby. Wow. Not awesome? Starting a movement there. So every parent uh, longs for the day when their kids have kids so they'll know how hard it is. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? 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 Yep. So um, my son, Kyle, he doesn't have kids, but he is working with kids right now. And he's getting a view of himself at 8, 10, 12 Ooh. years old. We'll talk about it next. So every parent longs for the day when their kids have kids so they can know <laughs> how hard it is being a parent. They can know the uh, the feeling you get when your middle schooler rolls their eyes at you. Uh, the feeling a parent goes through and they've told them for the 5,000th time, please take the trash out. They go, okay, I'm on it. They long for that day, right? Well, my son Kyle, he doesn't have kids, um, but he is a... Um, uh, teaching drums at a local church. He's uh, every Wednesday night. He goes off. And he's got like I think like three or four different students. That's awesome. They range in age from I think about eight to fifteen, and he is seeing himself at that age. Now uh, Kyle is a very accomplished musician. He has his master's degree in jazz studies. He's contemplating getting his doctorate. So he's very very accomplished. And it's easy to think, wow, he must have just you know been gifted from day day one and loved practicing. No 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 no. When he was like. 
10 years old, it was like pulling teeth getting him to practice. Wow. That was like after I his, didn't know that. After his drum lessons, uh, uh, Mr. Phil, his drum instructor at the time, who he is still like, they're practically BFFs now. They're very, they're in touch with each other. He's been Kyle's mentor his whole life. Uh, Mr. Phil would come out to the car and go, I need to talk to you about Kyle's practicing. <gasps> He's just not practicing Ooh. enough. So... As 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 the wheel as the circle of life has spun, Kyle is now playing the role of Mr. Phil and having those conversations with those parents about practicing, about setting time and saying like it only takes like 15 minutes a day and put the phones down and turn the TV off and put your iPad away and just focus for 15 minutes. He like was teaching the kids how to practice effectively. And he goes, I, I am so sorry. I would go, he said, I want to call Mr. Phil and go, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and call mom and dad too. <laughs> so a couple of things. First of all, it's a funny little slice of life to share with you guys. The second thing, if you're at that point with your kids where they're just not practicing, hang in there because Kyle, he quickly turned the page. Music became his passion in life. And it was impossible to get him to stop practicing yeah, after a that's while. All I remember. crazy <laughs> with how much he would play the drums. And he still does it now, that's too. Awesome. It's one of his favorite things. Um, but if you were longing for your kids to have kids themselves, <laughs> so you can say, I told you so, <laughs> we're getting it in a different way with Kyle right now. It's kind of cool that you were talking about a Kyle getting a taste of his own medicine, suddenly teaching <laughs> yes. all these kids music lessons. And someone who's kind of become like that um, in my life is my niece. She um, She's basically like a surrogate mother for a little girl. Mm. And uh, if you follow what it is, it's it's she's one of those people who's like, I don't know if her title would be called executive assistant, but she does everything for this company from... Deck redecorating her boss's mansion. Wow. To hey, my my twin sons are turning sixteen. It's the middle of a pandemic. I want them each to have a Bronco for their birthday. Scour the USA. I don't care what you have to do. Wait, find wait, wait. them Broncos. You mean like, a car? Yeah. The car. Wow. And then um to picking up his daughter at school every day. And then um there's also like she'll organize like she's done like huge golf tournaments at Mar-a-Lago like she's the one who set that all up and she, she sent me it she's like texting mm. me one day and she's like videoing and right across the table there's like the former president sitting over there wow. so anyway she that's how wild her job is but one of the sweetest things and the thing she loves the most is because she's been in charge of picking this little girl up from school every day for years and years and years okay. it's almost like she's her surrogate mother <laughs> and it's been really really sweet to watch that relationship and just the the positivity she's been able to pour into this little girl's yeah, life no through her parents getting divorced through her dad mm. you know getting remarried and she's been the solid she's been the steady <laughs> right in her in life that, she's been the solid one in the family yeah unit. and you wow. can just tell there's just mm. a mutual love between the two of them that is so sweet she's like the lady in um uh, uh sound of music right <laughs> hey any big baby surprises in your family checked out check out what happened to this mom her name's ariel tyson she lives in tennessee and she has six Sons, She and her husband, her husband is a, a pastor, and they uh, planned on giving birth to their seventh baby at home with a water birth. So when her water broke at 2.30 in the morning, she called her midwife and braced herself for a long night of contractions. Uh, she decided to let her husband Michael sleep because all the other boys, the other babies, just six of them, took so long. 
Well, good thing her husband heard her moaning because he rushed to her side. And after only 50 minutes, she gave birth to her first baby girl. (laughs) She had to catch her herself. (laughs) And they captured the look of shock on her face on video. It's priceless. Amila weighs nine. She weighed in at nine pounds. And they couldn't believe they finally got a girl. And she joins big brothers. See how spoiled this little girl is going to be. Cal's 11, Gabriel's 10, Judah's 8, Levi's 7, Zion is 5, and Ari is 2. So they have seven kids under the Mm. age of 11. They could have come up with some biblical names, though. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're a pastor and all. Hey, do you pay your kids for helping with chores around the house? Coming up, a dad is really wanting your advice. Hey, do you pay your kids for helping with chores around the house? We, uh, growing up, we had certain chores Chores we just had to do as part of the family. Yeah. And then extra ones we got like, you know, like a dollar an hour or something like that. Well, this dad is asking for your advice. He wants to stay anonymous. Uh, This dad has a 20-year-old daughter who's in college. He refuses to pay his daughter for doing chores and babysitting her five-year-old baby brothers three times a week. He believes his request is reasonable because... He's paying his daughter's college tuition, and she lives with him rent-free. The daughter says she's okay with cooking and cleaning around the house, but having to watch over her siblings, the five-year-old twins, is annoying and stressful, and it's taking her away from her studies. Dad says (laughs) she's acting privileged and entitled. So she has to be, she's in charge of these two little boys three times a week. Um, plus all the other cooking and cleaning duties he has assigned to her. So what say you? What do you think? <laughs> Who's being reasonable, unreasonable, privileged, entitled, not entitled? We'd love to hear from you. I'll wait in a minute, but I feel like I can't violate the bro code here, the dad code. Mm. <laughs> that I, I'm forced by the omerita rules of being a dad to side with the dad. Uh, but but I, I think the daughter might have something too. So give I, us a call. Yeah, love to hear from you. So this is interesting. Dad's uh, dad's daughter lives at home. She's in college, full-time student, right? And he's helping pay for her school. She lives there rent-free. Lives there rent-free, bored, uh, doesn't pay for food, nothing. And dad's saying, I think you should chip in around the house, help me with the other kids, help with the dishes, help with the laundry, that kind of stuff, uh, because you're you're getting all this stuff for free. And she's like, I don't mind doing it. But I should get paid, yo. For watching the five-year-old. She's willing to do the cleaning and cooking for free. Okay. But she feels like she should get paid for watching the five-year-old twin brothers. So what do you think? Should should there be a uh, exchange of cash there? Should dad be Venmoing her a few bucks for that? Hey, Amanda, it's Kevin and Taylor. So do you think you can help this dad out with his uh, should-he-pay-an-allowance uh, dilemma? I'm in a similar situation. So we have a six-year-old and a 15-year-old. Um, and I do ask her to babysit sometimes, but we pay her $10 an hour, which is, I'm not sure what the going rate is. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate to have a lot of family nearby, but it gives her an opportunity to, you know, earn money if she wants to go buy something we're not going to buy. I'm not buying Lululemon leggings. You know, there's some things <laughs> yeah. that I draw the line on. Oh, that's a good idea. And then is there other chores the 15-year-old has to do just because she's part of the family? So she gets an allowance. We do $1 for every year you are old. So she gets $15 weekly. But she unloads the dishwasher. She dries, um, or she holds and puts away the towels. She does the kid, the pets for the most part. Um, and then she has to keep her room and bathroom clean. Um, but she's a really, really good kid. Um, she's never made a bee. She doesn't give us any problems. 
Um, (laughs) That's worth an allowance right there. (laughs) Right, right. When the six-year-old comes up, then we'll have this conversation again. Um, (laughs) But, you know, for now, I feel like these are her teenage years, and I don't feel like it's her responsibility to, you know, help me raise a child that we decided to have just because she's older. So are you Hmm. saying maybe this dad that asked for advice, he should pay his 20-year-old daughter to watch the twin brothers that are five uh, but maybe have her do the cleaning and cooking as part of being part of the family? Yeah, I think at 19, like you're an adult. You know, I, yeah. I was crazy and knew everything and moved out at 18. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wish you could reel that back in, right? <laughs> right. Oh, for sure. Hey, Summer. So what advice would you give to this dad? He wants to stay anonymous, but he's not paying his 20-year-old college kid to babysit the five-year-old twin brothers or cook and clean around the house because she lives there for free. Hey, Taylor. Uh, good to talk with you. I love your show, by the way. Oh, thanks for hanging uh, out with you us. Kevin. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, so, listening to this, um, I raised three great daughters, and they wasn't expecting and demanding like most kids are today. I say that she's 20 years old. Uh, her dad uh, pays the tuition for her college, then why can't she help out with things around the house? If he wants to give her something, that's, you know, that's, that's him to the side, you know, to help her out with maybe things. But I know this tuition could be very, very high, believe me. Yeah. And if, if she don't agree with that, why not let her go get a job and then she can earn some money that way? Okay, I see what you mean. She can have a Ah. choice whether she wants to help her dad out or she can go get a job and make some money and do it her way. Okay, that's like putting it back on her. That's creative parenting right there. Yeah, yeah, that's next level parenting. That's ninja parenting right there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so have you heard about this new thing? That's really trending with moms, especially mothers that are social media influencers. Okay. It's called, one lady's nicknamed it, Sad Beige. Sad Beige. Um, it sounds like a a, a new shade of um, an Urban Decay makeup. Oh, <laughs> it does. Um, basically, they say color blandness is taking over the in- internet, and now it's uh, flipped to um, moms. So, in other words, their decor. Neutral tone furniture accented with natural fibers like rattan and cane set against off-white walls. And then the children, like this one mom, she's got a five, four, and a four-month-old, they wear muted shades of tan, mustard, and gray while playing with wooden toys. And it's become such a hot thing to have this muted palette in your kids' clothing, toys, decor, Uh that one lady has created an account just to make fun of it, and it's called Official Sad Beige. (laughs) She just makes fun of this lack of color. Most people are like, oh, whatever, you do you. But there are some psychologists that are like, I think color is so important for childhood vibrant color to be able to paint with and crayons and it just you know it's just part of childhood and this one mom she even her kid wanted a uh a mario uh birthday party well that's bright red oh can't have that so she made her own stuff and <laughs> muted down all the colors it was honey, so it would is, fit her tones this is muted mario <laughs> <laughs> So if you want to make fun of it and have a little uh, laugh, just follow official sad rage and Instagram. (laughs) Coming up, did you keep any toys from your childhood? You know, you still have them.
Hey, did you keep any toys from your childhood? Lots of adults do. In fact, the average adult keeps, ready for this, 20 toys from their childhood. When you asked at first, I was trying to go through my like mental Rolodex index, and I don't think I have any. Yeah, I did for a while, and then I gave them to Mm. my nieces and nephews. Uh, Kev, you want to take a guess at the, the three most commonly kept toys? The top toy is teddy bear. Good guess. I had a teddy bear collection when I was a kid. And what is it? Um, it is Barbie dolls, hmm. followed by Legos and Hot Wheels. Coming in fourth place was G.I. Joe's, followed by Susie Homemaker Appliances. I don't even know what those are. Hmm. I mean, I guess like a little mini kitchen, little but kitchen I didn't know they were called something. Susie Homemaker. Uh, Fisher-Price telephones, light bright, slinkies, Rubik's Cubes, and Nerf balls. Now, why do they keep them? Sentimental value. That is the second reason. No, the kidding. number one reason is they want it to be for their own kids or grandkids. Huh. Or, or if, if you have a husband who has Star Wars collectibles still in their original boxes, never opened. These are an investment. <laughs> <laughs> These are going to be worth a lot of money one day. Trust me. <laughs> That's why we need a second storage unit. <laughs> My wife, she was a stay-at-home mom for all four of our kids. And what that meant was something that would inevitably happen probably two, three times a year is the kids would get to school and forget something. And Tracy Tracy was not the mom that would teach them a lesson. Oh, no. She couldn't bear the thought of her little baby going without lunch or without a project she had worked hard on or something. So she would she'd collect whatever it is and run it up to school. So what I would like to know from moms who are like Tracy or maybe moms who aren't and said, nope, you're going to learn the lesson. What is it that your kids forgot that they asked you? They called mom, mom. I need you to bring blank up to school. Hey, Barb, so we're talking about things that our kids forget to take to school with them. And uh, and you have the option, run it up or teach them a lesson. You decided to do both. Run up your daughter's ID that she forgot, which left her sitting in in school suspension, and teach her a lesson by what you wore. What did you wear? I put on a bathrobe. I put in Noctema to make it look like face cream and (laughs) slippers. And then I went to the school... And I passed the principal and the assistant principals who were in the hallway monitoring, and they just started laughing <laughs> and said, somebody's having fun. And I did. Oh, I walked right great. up to my daughter, <laughs> who was standing in the main hallway, because she couldn't go anywhere, with her friends. I gave her a big old hug, and I said, next time, I'm wearing curlers. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking about all those times that our kids uh, would go to school, forget something, and call, Mom, I forgot, whatever, my homework, my lunch, whatever it was, and Mom's faced with, do I run it up or do I teach them a lesson? And, and for a lot of, you know, like work, moms who work outside of the home, they, there's no choice, right? Maybe they can call a friend who has a day off or something. Yeah. Or, but there's no choice of saying, sure, go get it. And I don't know about you. When I was in school, I walked to school. So if I forgot something, there was the option of you could try to sneak back home. Get oh, it, really? Come back like, during wow. your lunch or something. And it's funny. My lunch That's period wild. was 40 minutes. It was about a 20-minute walk to my house. <laughs> so you'd have to jog. <laughs> yeah. And you come back in. <laughs> Do you remember what you ran home to get? Was it a paper that was due or something? I think it was like lunch. It oh, just lunch. It wasn't a paper. But my kids. <laughs> I Tracy, wouldn't run home for a paper. <laughs> Tracy would. I was just that studious. I never forgot. I see. <laughs> Tracy would. Um, she would. I, I think she 100% took 
if it was lunch, if it was a project, whatever, she ran it up to the kids. But here's how it would go. Child calls. Mom, I forgot blank. Are you kidding me? <sighs> All right. I'll be there in a few minutes. I'll, I'll meet you in the office. And then I'd hear for like three hours before the kids got home from school. I'm never doing that again. They, the next time they are learning a lesson. Next time. Mom, I forgot my lunch. Meet me in the office. <laughs> it just it wasn't too soft. Wasn't part That's of okay. Tracy's makeup to yeah. teach him a lesson. Whereas if it had been dad, though, I'd have totally been. You would have let them go hungry, right? I'm sorry, nope. Dad's kind of busy. What are you doing? That's none of your business. <laughs> but yeah, she was a she was a softy. She'd run up every hundred percent of the time. So one of the things that we try to do on the Kevin and Taylor show is encourage everybody because, you know, we go through the same stuff that you guys go through. Like we just walked through uh, your father passing away, Taylor. I mean, yeah. that's our listeners poured out so much love and concern for you. And we just we really do feel like we're doing life together. Mm-hmm. And we try to encourage everybody to get through those tough times. My wife just sent me something that I wanted to share with you guys. So if you're going through a tough time today, listen to this quote. It's we should take we should take as a maximum, you know, like a belief. Uh, Never to be surprised at difficulties, no more than being surprised at a passing breeze, because with a little patience and prayer, we will see them change. Time changes everything. And it's it's so true. I've tried to share that like about my mom, because you've been talking about your dad a little bit. And and it hurts when your parent dies. Nothing will prepare you for it. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a long goodbye or a quick, unexpected goodbye, nothing prepares you your parent being gone but what does happen is over the course of time it it's still hurts but it's not as sharp do you know what i mean it's Mm. not as sharp of a pain where it's very acute when it first happens um and over time like the quote says it changes it you're still you're still grieve them being gone but you wind up smiling when you remember them more than more than crying that's good to hear because i found a video of my dad when i flew down to surprise him Mm -hmm. and i found it on my phone last night and the video had always made me so happy and last night i just bawled i just sobbed when i watched it i won't lie to you like with my mom that that happened for the longest time and it still catches me every now and then um like on her birthday i wound up getting a little tear in my eye a couple of times remembering my mom and stuff but uh it does get better different i don't even want to use the word better it gets different and it's more manageable and we as followers of jesus too the biggest encouragement is we will see them again mm-hmm. right? we'll stand shoulder to shoulder and and be with our savior so there is that too i hope Definitely. that encourages you today coming up do you feel techno stress it's real people do you feel techno stress i was just (laughs) complaining to my husband about this the other night we're so glued to our phones responding to texts from people Mm -hmm. i've got one niece that's her favorite way to communicate is texting um turns out techno stress is real people this dad named thomas an eye surgeon is making headlines for admitting he can no longer take the pressure of his family's group text. <laughs> he texted his wife and two daughters saying, I can't take the pressure of having to always LOL heart or like everyone's random thoughts, picks, and amusements. Signed a grumpy guy from the pre-cell phone era. <laughs> well, his daughters laughed so hard that they then shared dad's text on Twitter and everyone's getting a huge kick out of it. They're retweeting it over and over. His daughters say they have the best dad in the world and he's so engaged in their lives and didn't even get out of the group text, but everyone can relate yeah. to what he texted that day with his techno stress. Right, let's share some funny texts. 
What's the funniest text you got, like where someone sent something by mistake? Either mistake or oh. they misworded something or they thought <laughs> one thing meant another and it didn't and everybody got a great laugh about it. Give us a call. Text mistakes. Talking about text mistakes, like things that are sent on mistake or someone thinks it means one thing and it doesn't. My wife, I think, she if she's not the champion, she's pretty close. She's on the winner's podium, first, second, or third place uh, for this one. She thought that the poop emoji, she thought that was a Hershey kiss. So she was sending it to like my kids and you know like people she had friends that she have really close relationship with. She finished every text with the poop emoji, <laughs> thinking it was a Hershey kiss. That's so embarrassing. She was devastated and so embarrassed when my daughters told her, "Mom, you know what that is, right?" <laughs> So, Kim, we're talking about uh, mistakes that people make when they text. Do you have a good story? Oh, man. So, uh, this was a couple of years ago. My husband has to work early, and so he got up, and he was driving and saw the most beautiful sunrise. And so he sent a text to me, and his words were, as I am driving this morning and seeing the beautiful sunrise, it just made me think of you. And he sent it. Aw. And his buddy Stuart replied and said, thanks, dude. <laughs> he sent it to his friend? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I love you, man. Romantic. I love you, man. This romance <laughs> is really blossoming. Yeah, it really is. So we, got to, we still get a kick out of that Going one. to that men's group at church has really changed him. <laughs> That's right, hasn't it? <laughs> He's way more in touch with his feelings. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You're talking about the the mistake texts. You know, mm-hmm. the f- there's funny ones with typos. Those are hilarious. Right. Uh, like my mom, she's learning to voice text. She's doing really well, but she always says, "Hi, honey, it's mom." Okay. Like she, even though you know who the text is from, yeah. like by nature of how <laughs> texting works. But um, I've got, I had something pretty big happen, and I will not reveal my sources. But someone called me. Yeah, and when. Certain people of certain age call, you're like, and you pick up because they never make phone calls, you you know, if it's a young person. Mm -hmm. So I picked up and the person was kind of laughing and they said, I was trying to explain the text I just sent you. I said, oh, I haven't seen the text as they said, oh, I sent it to you by mistake. I said, do you want me to delete it? I won't look at it. And they're like, no, I'll just tell you. And the text was meant for someone that they were texting that they were sweet on. Oh, oh. And they weren't ready to tell me that this potential texting relationship was blossoming. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they had to tell me because they actually sent it to me instead of that person. Well, the big burning question in everyone's mind is, did you look? The person gave me the permission to look. If they hadn't, would you have looked anyway? <laughs> it would have been be very honest. tempting, but be I could have slid over and deleted it. But would you it would have been tricky though, because this is someone like that I text all the time, and I wouldn't want the whole thread deleted. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I might have looked. <laughs> I would have been very confused. I, I know myself well enough to say I would, no, I would have totally looked. <laughs> oh no worries, I'll delete it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, delete. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the chain of events would have transpired if it yeah. wasn't me.